up, everybody? Welcome in. It's another edition of the You Like That Feels Great Baby podcast. Can't believe we've already made it to nine episodes, Joey. It's it's pretty unbelievable. We'd like to thank our fans for for coming this far with us. Um, nothing really happened in sports this weekend. Really ho hum weekend. Not much. There was that Baltimore Cleveland game. You know, Watson went off for 161 yards. That was about the. Oh wait, that's right. There was like the greatest World Cup final ever, and the Vikings had the biggest comeback in the history of the NFL. I forgot about that. Maybe we should start with one of those things. I guess we can start with the Vikings game, but um, we're going to get started here with a recap of the Vikings and then uh, discuss the Niners uh, clinching the division last Thursday. But we got to start here. Joey, you're playing hurt. We had to postpone the podcast a couple days. Looks like you maybe got something in Vegas. How are you holding up? Upper body, day to day. (laughs) Uh, You know, general body soreness. I had to manage my load. Last oh couple God. days, um, whatever sports term you want to throw in there, that was me. Uh, yeah, you know, you go to Vegas sometimes. Uh, things don't always stay in Vegas. I took something home with me. It wasn't money. Um, <laughs> it was uh, maybe some calories and a uh, little bit of a tickle. But you know, we uh, we're grinder. We uh, battle through, and I'm uh, not 100. Um, percent I had to wait till I was at least 95. Nobody's 100 percent at this point in the season. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the Thursday night game was tough for me. It was tough to get up for that one. You know, it was a short week for me. Uh, <laughs> but um yeah, you know, enjoy I enjoyed the long break until until the next till the next till the next game. <laughs> I, I we've watched our fair share of uh sports interviews. We know every cliche and we were going to plow through them there. Yeah, upper body injury day to day, but he's he's toughing it out because, you know, it's December. This is when when you put it all on the line for the pod and he's going to keep his It's all about December podcasting. Exactly. Like Cal Ripken, you know, 21, what was it? 2,131 straight games to break the record. This is your ninth straight podcast. So he's, he's really on only, fire. only a few weeks I had to delay it. I mean, so it wasn't all of them. So <laughs> we're uh bars high. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, we got to start with Vikings Colts. Um, I had the privilege of actually like being back, uh, home in Fremont with uh, my dad and brother and my brother's girlfriend and my mom. And we're sitting around watching this game. I was like back for my brother's graduation. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. We'll be able to watch the Vikings game too. We'll get some pizza. Everybody will have a good time. And it was 33, nothing at the half. And I was like, well, do you guys want to like, just go do something else? Like we can go out, we can go get, we don't have to get pizza. We can go get lunch. Let's go drive somewhere. And, as we're having that discussion, quick touchdown to, uh, I believe it was K.J. Osborne for the first score. And I was like, oh, 33-7. I mean, obviously the game's over, but good to see we came out of the half strong. And then I believe they put up a field goal to make it 36-7. And then we quickly scored two touchdowns. Um, and it was at that point that I told my brother, okay, let's get the pizza. Like, we're in this for the long haul. We, I believe it was a uh, first was Jefferson and then second was... Um, Adam Thielen on the score and I'm like okay right back in this you know down by 15 with 10 minutes left it's it's almost impossible but it's not impossible and then the craziest fourth quarter sequences you could ever imagine and I mean the note I had about this team is if not now when you know if not us who like this is kind of the dream season where like Literally everything that could possibly go wrong went wrong in that game, and we somehow still won it, breaking Frank Reich and I believe the 92 Bills 
uh, record for biggest comeback in the history of the NFL. Like, I mean, what is left to say about this team? Clearly, the defense has severe problems, but when you see a team go from 33 down to winning the game, as a fan, more so than as an analyst, but as a fan, you have to think, if not now, win. Like, are we the team of destiny? I think if the Niners were in that position, you'd probably feel the same way if that shit happened. Yeah, what a game. A couple takeaways. Number one, the biggest takeaway, the Colts fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. I mean, they're so bad. But, hey, I mean, 33 nothing against a high school team, yeah, you, that's impressive. Um, the – the way they got up 33 nothing led to believe like not that anyone thought it was possible to come back, but you get, it was like a blocked punt, like a couple like turnovers, short fields. Like it wasn't like a long drive touched it where like even just time, but like it was 33, nothing at half, but it was like, okay. Again, not that anyone was thinking it was actually possible, but right. like it, when they got the quick touchdown and then all of a sudden the other two quick touchdowns. And like you said, it was 36, 21. You're like, there's a lot of time left, and they're playing the Colts, <laughs> and and playing then, big game Jeff Saturday. Like I, I was kind of watching. Like I watched it. It was like seventeen nothing, and then I kind of stopped, and it was like, oh my god, it's thirty three nothing. I'm like, wow. Yeah. And then it was like thirty six, like you said, thirty six twenty one. It's like then I really started watching, and then I was like, the, the Colts can't move the ball. Like it's like it's right. it. Matt Ryan can't move again. You're watching it, and it's like, did they really think Matt Ryan? I mean, was he this bad last year? I don't, like, with Atlanta, like, did they – is he better than what Carson Wentz was? I mean, they're bad. Right. He's, they scored he three move. points in the final, whatever that ends up being, 40 minutes of game action, three points, and something like, I think it was like 95 yards in 40 minutes of action after they got out to that huge lead, and it was like – obviously like almost all of the blame goes to the play calling Matt Ryan, Jeff Saturday, but it was a little encouraging to see the adjustments from the Vikings defense to go from, you know, granted they were dealing with short fields, but getting absolutely bludgeoned in the first half to like actually starting to get a pass rush in the second half, which I feel like we haven't for the entire second half of the season. But I mean, as someone who's watching that game as a fan, my first thought was, oh, my God, our defense is such a problem that even if we are the two seed, like, Detroit's going to come into town and boat race us. I was telling my dad as we're watching, once we went down, like, 27 or 30 nothing, I was like, are we going to be, like, a nine-point home underdog in round one against Detroit? Like, if we somehow win that game when we play San Francisco, are we going to be, like, 14-point dogs? Like, what is up with this team? And then... Of course, they come rip-roaring back, and you're like, Cousins is you know, putting up some pretty prolific stats. Jefferson is probably third in the MVP race right now, and one of the best receivers I have seen, you know, period. I mean, Moss and Megatron, probably the only ones I would put in the same category with him that I've watched play personally. And it's like, okay, we got we got a guy, but how? what is the ceiling of this team? And then... When you do something like that, when you come back from 33 down, all analysis of the game goes out the door and you're just like, fuck yes, like, let's go. This is, if if this isn't the year, then when is the year going to come? Because we have no business winning the Buffalo game. We have no business winning the first Detroit game. We have no business winning this game and we're 11-3. and three. We clinch the division. It's fucking I, wild. 
I was thinking about it like through your, like how I would feel like if I was you and I was watching, I watched a good amount of the NFL networks pregame and they, I don't know if you saw it, but they ran this like montage of like all of the Vikings, like close wins. Mm -hmm. And then you really look, I was like, I was like, they could be like four and 10. Yes. Like they're 10 and it's this weird, just thing in your head. Like, well, my brain tells me that we could be four and 10 and like nowhere near the playoffs or like my brain also says, no, our record says we're well at the time 10 and three. And like, I feel like the most disrespected team in NFL history. Like, like you said, we're about to be, we were dogs at home to, or on the road to Detroit, like as a, as a 10 and at that time two team, you know, and then, and then the game starts and it's 33 nothing to the Colts. You're like, wow, are all these people right? Mm-hmm. Like, do we suck? Like, we are getting dog walked at home <laughs> by Jeff Saturday on Saturday. And and it's like all those things like, yep, everyone's right. Everyone's right. And and we're so screwed. I can't believe I'm even wearing this jersey. I hate <laughs> my team. And like, what a waste. Just totally ruined my day. And then it just flips. And and then, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, th- I think I'd be like you and be like, who cares? Yeah, but back to, like, we're 11 and 3. Like, yeah. screw everybody. Exactly. And it's you, like, it's, it's unbelievable how much it flips. Like, I was like, we're going to be a huge underdog. We have no chance to win the Super Bowl. This team is like, I tweeted from yeah, our, you text, our Twitter. Yeah, you texted account. me, like, you're going to be, like, in round two to the Niners, like, dogs at home. I don't know what the I forget the number you said it was going to be. Yeah. And then in my head, I was like, "You're going to be dogs at home in the first round." Yeah. Like you're getting it's thirty three nothing to the Colts. Yeah, like the Colts aren't even making the playoffs. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. And I was I was telling my dad, I'm like, "Look, this team. I mean, it's not going anywhere with the way they played in the first half." I was like, "I mean, what is the point if you're you would almost rather go like three and fourteen so you could get a good draft pick if you really are just have no hope in the playoffs." But then when a, a win like that happens, and by the way, my 60-year-old dad and I grittied after we won, and we went and got, like, celebratory ice cream with the family. I was like, what do you do after that? And by no, the way, see, that's, see, 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 that's where, that's where I hard disagree with the, with the whole, like, you might as well be 3-14. and 14 Because <laughs> nothing is I don't know. I don't know, if yeah. you, I don't know if you watched the Sharks recently, but food doesn't taste good, and I don't want to do anything and get out of bed. <laughs> so, like, remember all those – the games that you had like, you know, against like that Buffalo game, like mm-hmm. you don't get those memories in the draft. Like no. Trey Lance was cool for about a second <laughs> and then he completes 50% of his passes and then sucking that year or they didn't suck that. They made that trade, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like then it doesn't make it worth it. Right. Like that bills game, that whatever, however you watched it at your house with your parents, friends, whatever, like that is what sticks with you. And, and like, yeah, like, after the Colts game, yeah, you could think about how you were down thirty-three nothing to Jeff Saturday, or you could think about how you're eleven and three, and you know still the two seed in the NFC, and you know anything's possible. Yeah, that's a good point. Every time I think, especially because the A's suck now and the Sharks suck, I'm like, God, I just wish we would just bottom out so we could get a good draft pick. And then you're like, But you know what's better than that? Like making the playoffs. You know what's better than that? <laughs> making the playoffs and getting swept. Yeah, if you make the playoffs, you're like. Oh, you get to see your team with the hat and the t-shirt. Yeah, you get the cool shirts. Yeah, I was telling, I was telling, I was telling my dad uh, after the Niners won a couple of days later. I got to get the hat and t-shirt. He's like, "Why?" I'm like, "Why?" Because 30 years of life has taught me that 
like nothing is guaranteed. I might never see the actual real championship hat and t-shirt, so I might <laughs> as well buy this one. Uh, I would disagree with you, but I bought the Vikings uh, We Own the North t-shirt, so there you have it. Bought it about eight minutes after the finale of the game. Once that kick went through the uprights, I was like, bye. Also did the same thing. I bought a Lionel Messi jersey that has the uh, Gold World Cup logo on it after they won that, but that's not shipping. How much does that run? Uh, on Fanatics, it was like 150. I'm like, oh, I just that's not I terrible. Yeah, I thought... it's, it's not like a fucking hockey sweater where it's like, oh, you want the real one? That's going to be fucking 350 dollars. All right, let's head over to the NFC West. People don't want to know how many of those I have. Yeah, it's an obscene amount, and he's now a 30 year old. Because hockey, there's no good, there's no good hockey replica. No, you just get so... you get the real deal or nothing. You don't get one, the, the one that has the fight strap one. And, and I may or may not tie the fight strap in my pants. When I, <laughs> I do have a Joe Thornton one with the, with the fight strap. And I'm like, I, when I first got it, I was, I have no idea what this is. And now I'm like, <laughs> uh, I see this is the real deal. It's like when you're just walking get, around the house. Like I swear somebody better throw them down my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's head over to the NFC West where uh, at long last, the 49ers have clinched. By the way, they've sneakily won. What is it? Seven in a row? On it's seven in a row. Yeah, that's incredible. So they they've lost... won every game they've played with McCaffrey except that one where he was here for like a day and a half. Right. They, they lost to KC, which I believe was our second pod. And now look, they've just rattled off seven in a row. They've clinched the West. Uh, Purdy soaring to new heights. Incredible numbers. So I was back home uh, Friday and Saturday. I went uh, to my work holiday party on Friday. And I'm driving in uh, my dad's old forerunner, so I'm listening to KNBR, which I never ever listen to. But I'm listening to it. Even I don't even listen to KNBR. Yeah, I was like, what am I? Because I don't know the radio stations anymore. Because Live 105 is gone and whatever. I'm like, I'll just listen to KNBR. And the, the everybody, um, it was uh, Tom Tolbert was saying, okay, look, if Trey Lance was putting up these numbers that Brock Purdy is putting up, we would be like, is he meeting expectations? But because it's Purdy and he's Mr. Irrelevant and he's in his rookie season, everybody's like, oh, my God, this guy's incredible. But the point I was thinking the whole time was if you watch the games, there is a tremendous difference between the stats and what you see on tape. When you see it on tape, you're like, this dude is the guy. If you look at the stats, you're like, oh, pretty solid. Not bad. You know, game manager. But when you watch, I mean, you know better than anybody. This guy has been legit in his first three games. Like, I would I would push back on what he said about the Lance thing because when Lance in the preseason threw the deep bomb against the Packers in the preseason, um, people were freaking out like, oh, my God, this is about to be like the greatest. Like, he's about to ascend. And then that same game, Brock Purdy – through a couple touchdowns and like looked fan, but like people were like, Oh, it's just preseason. Who cares? So it's like, <laughs> what is it? Like this, the standards keep moving for like where you were drafted. And like you said, the bottom line is, is we've, I've seen enough of them. Like, I'm not going to come out here and say Lance is going to be a complete bust. Cause that's unfair. Mm-hmm. But from what I've seen between the two, the, the greatest difference is, is is their pocket awareness and and just the intangibles like 
like Trey Lance has he has the bigger arm, he's more athletic, he's he's bigger physically, but the problem is is he doesn't play big. He when he gets in the pocket, when he sees the pressure, I'm no quarterback guru scout, but my Monday morning quarterback says when he when he drops back, he puts his foot down and he like he will like sit down because he doesn't know what he's seeing because he, I don't know, he hasn't played. And when he does, the last team he played was in 6th grade because <laughs> The talent in his his college was was not the SEC, uh, wasn't even the Pac-12. But Brock Purdy, who played and has been like a seven-year starter, if you can count. I I saw high school, three years in high school, four years in college. That is an insane amount of football like repetition, mm-hmm. and it shows. Like he he takes shots. He knows where the ball is going. He can get through his progressions better than Jimmy. I mean, <laughs> Jimmy, Mister Happy Feet. Um, and, and yeah, Brock, he doesn't. The guy should have had a pick. Quandre Diggs and then Quandre another Diggs. NFC Championship, and you're like, he gets through his progressions better than Jimmy. He does. Games like Jimmy does <laughs> other things probably better. I think. I mean, he must. I got to give him credit for something. I mean, he's not a bum, but I mean, like he Purdy should have been picked by Quandre Diggs, but every quarterback has balls that should be picked. I'm Tua. not gonna. Yeah. Okay, well, he's he is he is flirting he with sucks. something. Yeah, <laughs> like I I honestly saw today he won the Pro Bowl voting and was like angry. I'm like, can we stop? Can fans stop voting for things? Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, Purdy, he looks. I mean, there's they're gushing over on the broadcast like, oh, he looks like a seven year vet, and like it's it's true. Not that he looks like he's a really he's going to be the next top five ten quarterback, but mm-hmm. it's like. He was the very last pick in the draft, and the fact that people actually think, well, they could get to the NFC Championship. I mean, you know, see what happens. Like, is nuts, it's, is nuts. Yeah. And the crazy part is, I really do believe the team when they said like he might not have played because uh, Shanahan post game said like, yeah, I was telling Juice like, you got to keep the boys up today. You got to keep their spirits going because he might not get through it, and we might have to run this ball 60 times with Josh Johnson. So mm-hmm. keep him up. And uh, Purdy got through it. That play, the third and one where they took away McCaffrey at the end of the game, mm-hmm. and he ran it and slid. Whew. Jimmy can't do that. <laughs> Trey could do that. But um, really impressive win. And now that you've clinched the division, really the only thing, because of how bad Tampa Bay and the NFC South is, your ceiling is the two seed and your floor is the three seed. So given that you know, basically you're deciding between whether you're playing, you know, the six seed or the seven seed, and then whether or not you have home field advantage in the next round, is it time to completely bubble wrap the roster? Or are you more of a believer in you play your guys till the end? Because now the Vikings and Niners having clinched their divisions, it's we're basically in the exact same situation, except we're one game ahead of you, but you have the tiebreaker at the moment. So it's like we're tied, but there's three weeks left do you play all your guys in an effort to stay fresh as you get into the playoffs and stay, you know, in sync? Or are you more a fan of, like, hey, Vikings, like, take Jefferson out in the second half in a few of these games. Hey, Niners, give McCaffrey 10 carries a game instead of 20. Like, that's what, I mean, as a as a Vikings fan who's seen things go wrong big time with major injuries to Teddy Bridgewater and Adrian Peterson and, you know, Sam Bradford and all these guys, like, in big moments in the seasons, I'm like, I would err on the side of caution here, but do you want Kyle to play the guys the last three weeks? 
I would play them for sure the next two. I I don't like I don't need McCaffrey to carry it twenty times a game for the next three weeks. Um, I'd like them to play the other guys more, but I would not just sit guys because I think these guys are such a creature of habit. I think they're into their schedules, into their routines. Um, I don't believe taking a whole week or two off does a whole lot of benefit. I mean, they could, I mean, as a Niner fan, I know they could get hurt in practice just as much as they get hurt in a game. So like, what are you going to do? I mean, you can't, injuries are going to happen. Um, I think the more you play, I think it might lessen the, um, uh, what is it likelihood of like a soft tissue thing if they don't play and they get tight? I don't know. I'm not mm-hmm. not a big doctor, but yeah, I, I would keep playing. I mean, you have to at least if you're the like you said the Vikings and Niners, you you are playing for something. I mean, if they were playing for nothing, right? Like if it gets down to that week 18 game, then I might sit a guy. Like right. you know, Trent Williams, you might sit. Bosa, you might sit. But who knows? I mean, one thing I do know about about Shanahan is he's very aware of like player things. Like if he thinks it, Nick Bosa is like going to maybe win the sack, be the sack leader of this, he might play him to try and get that, you know, if McCaffrey's or they're playing some incentive in their contract, he mm-hmm. will notice that and, and try to do that in a, if it's a meaningless week 18 game. Um, but no, I would not just rest guys to rest them. The Eagles, one, the Eagle, if the Eagles clinched, if I was them, then I would, because then they already have the one seed. They're going to have right. a week off anyway, so if you have a week off, you might as well take two or three weeks off right. and be sure you're healthy. But um, Yeah, the big thing here would be the Vikings and 49ers both trying to get that second round game at home. Uh, if the two seed and three seed both win, you want to have that game at home. But the other thought is, and I'm thinking this is a crazy thing that could come up in week 18 is with the giants now winning and them being, I think they have like a 93% chance to make the playoffs now. And very likely as the sixth seed, would you rather be the three seed facing the giants or the two seed facing Detroit, knowing that if you do win, you get the second round game at home or, but it's the two seed. That's, it's close to me because I feel like the Giants is a is a tap in even for the Vikings and they're playing this week because that team is. My I whole mean, thing is if you can't beat the Lions at home, then what what's the point? Doing? Yeah, that's true. So I do feel like there is going to be like some I of think that Detroit is a lot better than the Giants are. Like yeah, I agree with that point, but um, yeah, I can't I can't be a. I can't be a fan and like be worried about the Lions. I can't. Yeah, exactly. I yeah, can't. that's true. And the re- the reason I'm making that point is I feel like the NFC. I don't think Detroit. They're. I mean, now if Washington loses this week to the Niners, which I don't. I mean, I don't think it's an easy game for the Niners. I, I absolutely not. Um, it'll be the best defense Brock has faced. Like right. Like does and I think Washington gets Dallas the last week. Yeah. Do they rest guys, Dallas? Because they're going to be the fifth. Hey, I mean, Vikings and Niners are both pulling for Washington or Seattle to make it as the seven over Detroit. Absolutely. That makes the path so much easier. But the reason I wanted to bring that up is that I think the NFC is pretty much crystal clear at this point, but the AFC is a total clusterfuck. So 
the NFC, it's like Philly is going to be the one. The Vikings and Niners at some combination will be the two and three. The NFC South winner, likely Tampa, will be the four seed. Dallas is the five. The Giants are the six. And then on current form, you would very much expect Detroit, especially with their easy schedule to run out, Detroit to be the seven. The AFC is nuts. You have Buffalo in the lead for home field advantage, but they play at Cincinnati week 17. You have Kansas City second, but they've already lost to Cincinnati, so any loss to them would give KC the advantage, or any loss period for uh, Kansas City would give Cincinnati the advantage. And then all of a sudden, Tennessee, who was just the shoe-in of all shoe-ins, they're only a game ahead of Jacksonville, and they play at Jacksonville week 18. I mean, what happened to Tennessee? They went to... They went to the tank after I put them second in the power rankings. Yeah, you brought the ultimate. You like that. I was thinking about it. There's so many teams that I've that we've said like have been in the uh, bum of the week category that have really turned it on. Like other than the Raiders did, and then had that terrible loss to the Rams. But like they've kind of like the Jaguars. We kind of said yep. Doug Peterson, Trevor. What are you doing? They've turned it around. Um, Kyler, not was, so much. No. <laughs> No, there was there was there was at least one or two more that I thought and teams that we've put in our top five have plummeted in the power ratings, too. So, like, you know, we're it's the kiss of death when we either hate on you or we. But Tennessee. Oh, boy. I mean, it's a big one. It's a big one Thursday for uh, the Jaguars, because if they beat the Jets, they control uh, their own destiny from that point because they they host Tennessee in week 18, which I don't know who they who do they play week 17. Yeah, it's. I mean, the run-in for Jacksonville is not that bad. The th- thing that's also crazy in the AFC is Baltimore, Miami, and the oh, Chargers. Oh, they play the Texans. Huh. Yeah, that's so. Assuming... So if they win, if they win Thursday in New York, they get the Texans, <laughs> and and then they would play the Titans. So like, good on you, Doug Peterson. Out of nowhere, I mean, every professional sports better has been talking about how the Jaguars are actually like a top. 10 or 12 team and get no respect because they struggled at the beginning of the year and they're being proven right. I mean, they've won three in a row and there's a real chance they could, you know, win out and finish. What would that be? 10 and seven, which would be pretty incredible in, in the first year for, for Doug Peterson. So good on them, but let's, let's try to take a look at our power ratings here, given that the NFC is pretty much crystallized now and the AFC is all over the place. Uh, mine, it's just a slight change because of how Purdy has been playing. And like I said, I, you know, I watch the games, the eye test says that guy is good enough for that team, uh, for them to get far. So I moved them up to number two. I got Philly number one, uh, San Francisco number two, and then Kansas city, Cincinnati, and Buffalo basically all tied for three, but I put them in that order at three, four, and five, because the, those five teams, in my opinion, even as a Vikings fan, those five teams are going to make up the Super Bowl. Like, there's if someone out of those five uh, or outside of those five actually made the Super Bowl, that would be shocking, I think, to me, and I think for you as well. Yeah. Because it ain't going to be Dallas. Nope. Nope, <laughs> nope, nope. Dallas is – we'll get to the Dallas later. No, mine would be like the same as yours. I would probably flip Cincinnati and Kansas City. Yeah, I think I think sense. the Bengals. I if I I mentioned last week that Kyle's going to make a run for the head coach of the year if he somehow can win out. 
I think it's a little bit more possible now that if Jalen Hurts misses a game or two and maybe they do finish like 13 and – be well, no, they're not going to lose out. But say they finish like 14 and two, they, he still probably wins it. My other thing is if Dan Campbell takes the freaking Lions to the playoffs after one and six, he's going to get a lot of votes. Yes. But my other thing is I, I think – I think Joey B is going to make a hard charge at the MVP if he wins out, wins, beats Buffalo. He beats Mahomes and Allen in the same season. I, Someone put up a graphic. And, and on Jalen Instagram. Hurts misses. If Jalen Hurts misses the rest of the season, and and maybe Mahomes loses a game, if if Burrow gets the one seed and beats Buffalo and Kansas City, yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. Someone put up a graphic on the on Instagram that was the top three MVP candidates with no name. So it was just stats with not showing their record, not showing their name, just the stats, A, B, and C. And I looked at it and I said, okay, I would go B, A, C as my, you know, top three. I'd ended up being Mahomes, Burrow, and and um, Hertz in that order. And I was like really surprised that like, for whatever reason, Burrow like isn't in the conversation now, but I think with, him, by the way, he also beat the goat. So he, which isn't much. I don't these think he days. beat Brock Purdy this year. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Every time when I least expect it, he drops it on me. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I, I get what you're saying, but Brady looks. He, uh, this might be my hot day. He looks washed. He oof. looks. He just does not want to get hit. Like. Obviously, his whole career, he's kind of been like that. He's been very There's just weird things but... now coming out of Tampa that report that he literally just changes the entire game plan the night before, and the coaches don't even know about it. Well, I mean, that hear... makes sense because Byron left, which is like a total dunce. But, I mean. I Yeah. But somebody leaked that. They said, I saw this the other day, Tampa Bay has the worst rushing offense in the history of the NFL if they maintain the rest of the season. like. They get, my, my Rashad White is uh, hurting oh, me. They have their the whole as a team. They're under a thousand yards rushing. I'm like, that is really really bad. Like, there are teams like the Bears. And, I'm still not entirely sure they're going to win the division. Yeah, which is nuts. I mean, we'll get to that later because they already they already in, lost to Carolina, right? And that's who I th- is that who they played last week. They play week I believe 17 against Carolina, and then week 18 is at Atlanta. Um, huh. they're still like minus 300 on most betting sites to win the NFC South. I'm like, I might take a look at Carolina. They're like four to one. I mean, plus I w- 400. Yeah. I, I thought if I would, they would have won last week, Carolina could have won the division if they would have just gotten past the shitty Steelers. But man, that division is bad. Worst ever. I think, I think it's worse than that NFC West was in 2010. I mean, Every one of I don't even consider sucks. that one because they won a playoff game. Right. Seattle did. Right. Man. But who knows? We'll get to, like I said, we'll get to that later because yeah. uh, I don't care who wins. They played Dallas. Might be foreshadowing. <laughs> All right. Let's head over to Joey's Jack and the Bum of the Week. I feel like this is a seminal week in the history of the Jack and the Bum just because we've always had, you know, great candidates and there's been. You know, guys that you're like, what did you do? Like, man, what a stupid move by that guy. But this week, I mean, tippity top of the, the I mean, this has got to be the greatest week in the history of the segment. And maybe for years to come, you have obviously two enormous candidates uh, in the Colts game and the Pats game. So you take it away. Yeah, America and potentially 
Pakistan's favorite segment, <laughs> the Jack and the Bum of the Week. And like you said, two just pillars of submissions for this week's Jack and the Bum of the Week. With Let's start with uh, the Colts. Um, just terrible performance all around. Just awful. Uh, just get off the field. Um, through all three phases, offense, defense, special teams in the second half went to the toilet bowl. And the New England Patriots, who I think are the have the greatest coach ever, I think are situationally situational football, you know, smart. Um, but it's a pretty easy decision for the Jack of the Bum of the Week. And this week, we're calling it the Jacoby in the Bum <laughs> of the Week, Jacoby Myers. What are you doing, my guy? It had to the be. The score is tied. It had it had to be. It. I don't like piling on the one guy specifically because I've – I was telling you earlier, Ramondre Stevenson, like, I'm sure you were told to just get down, but still, I'm not, Jacoby, I can't let you off the hook. You threw that ball at least 20 yards, not only to your own end zone, but across the field a bit to maybe the worst athlete in the league in <laughs> Mac Jones, um, maybe, and covered by one of, the biggest if, and best, I mean, Chandler Jones is a monster. Yeah. Uh, pretty good genes in that family. Uh, Chandler Jones picks it off, runs it all the way back. A walk, I, I could not believe it. As soon as I saw it, it was like, it was again, it was like that uh, once upon a time in Hollywood meme with Leo where he's like pointing at the TV. Like, that's it. <laughs> that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen right there. Yeah. That's the dumbest play I've ever seen. I, I, I was watching the game in my living room and – I just start cackling out there like, oh, my God, this the, that is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And Jamie comes in and she goes, how come every time with you it's always, that's the worst thing I've ever seen. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. That really is the dumbest play I've ever seen in the NFL, and I think it is. It, like, they were showing it with, like, Leon Lett. And, Jim Marshall, yep. And some of these, and I guess, you know, you could, in a bigger game, maybe there's been a bigger blunder. But I, I just, what was he thinking? I mean, he had, he, he immediately, as soon as he caught the ball, thought they were down five points. It was like the J.R. Smith thing in the 2018 NBA finals where he's just like sprinting around and you're like, oh, he doesn't know the score. Like that was the only thought I said, he must not know the score. He must think they're down by four points and they need a touchdown. Like. Maybe it was like you were saying earlier when Stevenson flipped him the ball. Like prior to that, he's like, "Okay, we're going to overtime." But once Stevenson flipped him the ball, adrenaline—I don't know what adre- it is. Yeah, something in his mind, something snapped. kicked in, right? And to where like, it was like fight or flight, and he chose, "I'm going to flight this ball 30 yards to Matt Jones." <laughs> uh, I, um, I he. That's the dumbest play I've ever seen. By the the way, if Baker Mayfield doesn't march down the field on Thursday night two weeks ago and complete that comeback against the Raiders, the Raiders are back to 500 and right in the thick of the playoff. Oh yeah, because of that play. That's I mean that that one that one's probably that's up for top five worst losses of the season for any team. The Raiders against the Rams that that week. Probably shows you how the Might NFL goes, one. man. Cause then they were the beneficiary of one of the craziest, probably the craziest loss of the year in terms of just like crazy play. On People. The I mean, I'm still not even sure that what was, uh, Keelan Cole got his foot down. They shouldn't have even been there. You're right. It should have been an easy Patriots win. Cause that foot was out of bounds. By the way, 
It looked out of bounds, but it, like they were saying, is it? I was like, it looks out of bounds, but like Jonathan Vilma on the broadcast was like, I don't see white kick up. Like, is it like my eyes tell me that is definitely out of bounds. But I'm like, the way they say, like, you need conclusive evidence. I'm like, I can't prove that he wasn't inbounds. They got this technology at the World Cup and in the Champions League now that, like, every player is basically like a silhouette that this, um, you know, video thing kind of is able to capture so that when there's an offside decision, you can tell down to, like, the fingertip whether a guy is offside or not. It's like, why can't we do that in the NFL, which generates a bajillion times more revenue per game than any soccer league in the world like why can't we have the gridiron just you know gps or something so we can tell like we're really gonna let 65 what's that thing in tennis exactly where that ball yeah you know it's like we should have the same thing we get that with people's toes yeah terrible that was weird They they said i saw the stat they gave up like 14 points in like in like, I don't know, the last twenty six seconds of the yeah. game or something. Oh my god! And which is going to lead us to and our. Then Bill Bill had to go uh, hug Josh McDaniels. Like, great job, buddy. Yeah, good win, great game. <laughs> Can't believe we just coached our ass off for a week <laughs> to have a guy might have been out of bounds get to touchdown, and then one of your players just went YOLO. So when you come off of a game like that, and let's pivot over to our Week 16 preview, we're going to take a look at some matchups there. I want to start with the Patriots. So when you come off of a game like that, especially when you have arguably the greatest coach of all time, he is not going to be embarrassed two weeks in a row. So I'm looking at that game. Uh, Cincinnati at New England. Cincinnati's a four-point favorite. I like New England there with four points. I really do. I feel like as much as I like Burrow, and Cincinnati's on fire. They haven't you know, really had a bad performance in like six or seven weeks. I feel like they're due for one. And I feel like Belichick after last week, this is like a statement game for him. Like there's a lot of calls on social media and in podcasts right now for time for you to retire. Clearly you're not coaching your team and doing the situational stuff that you always used to. I feel like he's going to come out guns blazing in this game. So when I saw that that was four points, I expected it to be, you know, maybe three when I saw it was four, I was like, okay, I, I'll take that with Belichick after being embarrassed, and he's back at home. I'll take New England plus four. What do you think about that? They better score. Mac Jones and, and Matt Patricia better have a come-to-Jesus moment and figure it out because they better score. Because uh, uh, Joey B's putting up points? In a hurry. I, like I said last week, I thought it was going to be ugly for Tampa. It was, but a different reason. They blew a 17 nothing lead. I was like, oh, wow, where Joey was wrong. <laughs> uh, and then it was like, nope, I was right. Yeah, um, what if Tampa gave up 30 consecutive points or something? It was 33. Insane. I think it was 33 in a row because it yeah. was 17 nothing, and then it was 34-17 or 34-17. Yeah. Yeah, so they gave up 34 in a row. Absolutely horrendous there. So clearly since he, especially in the second half, that's the thing with their defensive coordinator is he's similar to D'Amico Ryan's in that his second half adjustments are like second to none in the league. They were unstoppable in the second half, that defense. Um, here's a, here's one that's confusing. So Tennessee opened as a seven-point favorite at home against Houston, and they've lost four in a row, and Houston's played their two best games of the season the last two weeks, and yet that is still at seven and you're on Houston here. And I think I am too. You think Houston's got a shot to win this one outright. 
Yeah, I think I think they have a shot to win it outright. Um, seven's a pretty big number, especially because I was hearing Malik Willis might be quarterback in Tennessee. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, Tennessee is in the in a spiral to nowhere right now, and in Houston, um, well, there's no moral victories, but uh, if I was them, I would take one this week against <laughs> Kansas City because they probably should have beat them. Um, and uh, they should have beat Dallas the week before. Um, so They're due for and, one. And I wonder if Levy Smith might be coaching for his job. Might be coaching here for his NFL career as a head coach. I don't know if if he gets another head coaching job or not. He might. but um, And uh, I wonder if they're playing a little extra hard for that. And We'll see. But, yeah, Tennessee, where I was wrong. Saturday marquee game of the weekend, at least it was until Jalen Hurts' injury. Philly at Dallas, uh, Saturday, Christmas Eve, 1 p.m. game out here on the West Coast. Um, it opened Philly minus 1.5, and, and then with the Hurts news, it's now Dallas minus 5.5. I thought that seven-point move is huge. Obviously, Gardner Minshew nowhere near as good as Jalen Hurts, but I am inclined to take Philadelphia there given that this win would clinch them the division and home field advantage, and that roster is just stacked. So what do you think about Philly plus five and a half? Well, for Philly, for the betting part, I love it because I think Philly's going to win. <laughs> um, but, like, do you remember you ever seeing Nick Sirianni when, uh, when Philly beat the Colts and he was like, that's for Frank Wright, <laughs> like to the fans? <laughs> like, you don't – like, this guy kind of feels like in a – in a less, like, bite your kneecap kind of way, he kind of feels like a Dan Campbell. He's going to be like, you know what, guys? No one, no one thinks you're going to win this week. Like, Jalen down. We're going to go in to Big D, and we're going to shove our D up there, D, and we're going to win. And, like, I, there's nothing I think more than the Eagles would love to win in Dallas Christmas Eve. The, I think it's going to break the Thanksgiving record, the Cowboys-Giants. I think this will be even the highest rate, become the highest rated um, regular season football game ever, and and I think that I think the Eagles would love to just drive a knife through the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> with their backup quarterback. Absolutely. And, uh, Imagine and, if Minshew the mustache goes in there and is has his like turkey on the fifty moment, like celebrating the title on Christmas Eve in Dallas. I think Philly fans like would just I just lose it. some of these teams like they're so good. Like, unless you are, like, you know, Mahomes or, like, you know, like, they're screwed if they have to go to Chad Henney. Right. Or, like, the Bengals. They're screwed if they have to go to – is it still A.J. McCarron? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't think uh, he's in the league anymore. Is he? Okay. Well, whoever it is, they're screwed. Uh, But with some of these well, – clearly the Niners doesn't matter because uh, no one thinks the starter's good anyway. <laughs> and kind of the same thing with the Eagles. Like, Jalen Hurts is putting up MVP numbers, but still people are like, is he? Like it's like, I mean, the Eagles are very good on the offense and defensive lines. Um, Incredible they, wide receivers. I yeah, mean, I mean, and and Goddard's back this week. I mean, it's all exactly. We, like it, we love Philly this week, and that's definitely going to make it into the five picks of the week. Another one I like is uh, the Raiders plus three at Pittsburgh. So the backstory is this is Saturday night football. It's the fiftieth anniversary of the immaculate reception the Steelers are wearing their throwbacks great rivalry game people forget the Raiders with Waller are a completely different team so I'm thinking I, I kind of do like 
the Raiders there plus three in Pittsburgh on Saturday night. And they have some momentum. So what do you think about that one? Yeah, I mean, the, Ra- the Raiders are talented. I mean, their record is not probably what they want it to be, obviously, but they're very talented, and Darren Waller is a problem. And uh, and the Steelers just don't move the ball at all. Yeah. Um, don't even know who's going to quarterback. I don't think Pickett. The, uh, is the rumor is that it will be Pickett, which that kind of leads me to not want to take that one as much because I think he's the best of who they have. But regardless, I think once I saw that Waller was active last week, that Raiders offense looked far better than it had in previous weeks, especially in that game against the Rams where it, it stalled everywhere. So that's when I was circling. And then, of course, we got to talk Washington at SF. Uh, the Niners are minus seven, and then Giants at Vikings. The Vikings are minus three. Those both feel about right because we're, you know, the Vikings are definitely better than the Giants, but not by a ton. And then the Niners are significantly better than Washington. But I think I don't want to bet on either of those games just because of the variability given the Vikings and Niners have clinched their divisions. Maybe they're not going to go full pedal to the metal in those. I think, um, yeah, it's one of those where, like, Vikings and Niners should, I mean, they should win. Um, as for the Niner game, I'm very interested because it's, I think in my opinion, it's clearly going to be the best defense Brock has played. Um, but their front four, uh, like, I don't know if our offensive line is, has had a test. Like I'm interested to see how they hold up. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's Which see. I was literally put up just points on D'Amico Ryan's though. Like you could win see. Yeah, that's the that's the part where <laughs> ew, that's not happening. Um, I was just I was watching the Sunday night game. I'm like, did Chase Young play? I thought he was practicing. No, he didn't. Is he? He, he was inactive. They, there's a rumor that he's coming back this week, which that's been the rumor for six weeks now since. I guess I was always thinking like he was playing, but I was I was watching him like. I didn't ever, never saw Does it him. matter if he plays? Like, I think he's a bust. In, in terms of who wins and, and loses, I don't think so. Yeah. But I'm just thinking in, for, like, further down the line when the when the Niners play, you know, whoever they play us, if they, if they play Washington again, if they play Dallas's front, if they end up, you know, winning a couple games and playing Philly's front, like, I want to see, can, I want to see him, I just want to see if McGlinch can freaking block somebody. <laughs> can we block somebody, Mike? Like that's the you know, thing. Our, our other our interior can you know like Complete yeah Trent Williams is here, fine but, but if, like can, if, can somebody can somebody block <laughs> like a lot of our blocking is because you know use check helps or Kittle help, like can one on one can you block like a good player can you block mm-hmm. a guy who is like not like an undrafted free agent complete tangent here with your boy McGlinchey if the Vikings play the Niners in the playoffs which it seems like it sure seems like we're on a collision course for a second round matchup. Like, I'm going to go into the game and be in, like, the Niners are so much better than us at every position. It would be a miracle if we win. And then I'm going to see Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith coming off the edge. And Williams can only take one of them. Like, one of them is going to be one-on-one with McGlinchey, and I'm going to be like, we got a shot, boys. Well, the good thing about that is um, the Niners have had practice all year helping out McGlinchey because it doesn't matter if the guy has any talent or not in front of him. <laughs> He's getting around him. So... That's why they usually have Kittle next to him, yeah. or they'll put out, you know, Tyler Croft, Ross Drilly, backup tight end, or the use shackle chip. Give but I help. look for I look forward to McGlinchey finding a new employer next season. <laughs> oh man! Uh, before we, he's get really to- good at run blocker. I'm going to say that it's Christmas season, right? It's and that's why season. I'm gonna, he's got a family. You know, nice Catholic. He's he went to Notre Dame. Yeah. He's, he's 
you know, he just he's a really good run blocker, but pass blocking, dude that's blocks why, carbon dioxide all day. <laughs> that's why Kyle and John Lynch got him, is they want to run the ball, but you know, he will be somewhere else next season, you would hope. Um, before we get to my You Like That Five Picks of the Week, uh, let's just talk about some other stuff around the world of sports uh, before we get to our closing segments. Um, starting with the World Cup final. Now, you were hurting. You were in the midst of your epic sickness I did over catch, Sunday. I did catch the end of it. But like, he did watch. And who needed to watch, you know, the first 60 minutes of it? I would say the final 20 minutes of regulation and then extra time and penalties was as good as anything I've ever seen in the game of soccer. Just unbelievable. I think it's the best World Cup final ever. The The takeaways from that were... Obviously, like Messi had his Brady Super Bowl 51 moment. He is now the GOAT. There is no debate. He's won the only thing that he had yet to win in his career. He holds every other record you could possibly imagine, and now he has a World Cup, and he was the captain and the best player at the tournament, and that debate is over. And then Mbappe for France with a hat trick in the World Cup final, which had never been done before. I'm, uh, or Actually, it had been done in the 60s, but I mean... He is now a global icon at 23 years old, scoring a hat trick in the World Cup final, having already won a World Cup in 2018. So I thought that was probably the best World Cup game I've ever seen. The drama was insane with the equalizers by France in both the like 81st minute and then like 118th minute. And then once it got to penalties, my boy Hugo Lloris, Tottenham's goalkeeper, who's France's goalkeeper, he stood no chance. I, I was rooting so hard for Argentina, but I did feel bad for my goalie. Uh, but man... The World Cup as a whole, the result at the end is incredible given how shitty it was that Qatar was the host and we're so excited for the World Cup coming to the U.S. in four years. But, I mean, taken in that final, I was getting texts from so many different people because that game, especially with the result, Messi winning, Argentina winning, brought in so many people. Second most watched soccer broadcast in the history of the United States after the women's 99 World Cup final. So pretty big moment for soccer in the States. What did you think of that game? Did I hear it right that Mbappe and, and Messi play on the same club team? Yeah, I was talking about this with shout out, like, to, shout out to Johan, our, our biggest fan, my former coworker over at Safeway. Uh, I was talking about this with him. So the, is I believe it's the, uh, Qatari royal family bought PSG and they just bought everybody like originally it was Latin Ibrahimovic but he's long since gone now they have Messi Mbappe and Neymar all on the same team it's just insane I'm guessing there's no salary cap in the, no. in, the in the league no I mean it's the, the interesting thing is like I mean I did I didn't catch it like till the end like it was already three to three um Cause yeah, I woke up. I was, I was feeling it, but I don't deny that the the penalty kicks are electric. Like they really are. I. Yeah. But like a lot of people have issues with shootouts in hockey being. Dis- I don't. It, the pe- people always make the case like, what if we decided the NBA Finals on free throws? I'm like, I get it, but like. How long can you play before these guys start dropping dead when they're all running like 10 miles a game? I get it. I get why they do it. And also, they're not being paid. Like, they get paid if they win the tournament. You get paid per player for your World Cup result. But, like, they are mostly paid by their club teams. And this is, like, 
it's like the Olympics. Like you're representing your country, so you don't want the guy to blow his ACL playing 160 minutes in a row or whatever. But I get it. So was it three to three going into extra time or two 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 to two, two? Yeah, and then Messi. So scored. then, yeah, my yeah. opinion would be like that. Been it. Like three two golden goal. Let's all take our shirts off and a big giant blow the foghorn. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. So Messi's like, goal in like the 109th minute would have been the golden goal if you were in charge, and that would have been it. Yeah, like what Canada's got with Crosby in his golden goal in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. But which they, I think, I think they go. No, do they go to a shootout? I know the World Juniors goes to a shootout. I don't know, but no, I mean it. It Coward was talking about his show. Like we all liked Morocco. Like that was cool, but no one wanted to see you. No. In the final. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, Argentina, France, France going for two in a row. And, you know, as, as a very, very, very casual soccer, you know, watcher. Yeah, the names are um, – I, I just want just, – just a little just not on the field stuff. Well, it is on the field. But I, I appreciate how much effort these dudes put into the flow and put into the, <laughs> like, the beard oil. Like, <laughs> like these dudes, like – you don't like, have to wear dude, a helmet. A hair is not out of place. The beard's all lined up. The the hair, the the flow is going. Every player on Argentina had 150 world class tattoos. Yeah, they <laughs> like. Are these are these models? Like, are these guys like? <laughs> I was like, good for you guys. Um, but yeah, no, I mean it was Argentina, France. I mean, I don't, it wouldn't get any bigger than that. I. I'm kind of shocked it's not the highest rated, um, especially how well the game went. Probably just due to the time. Right. Also, and the probably, game... also probably due to Texans-Chiefs was yeah. on. So The game ended uh, at like 9.57 Pacific, like the last penalty goes in. And immediately, like this is the greatest moment in the history of the World Cup, in my opinion. Like Messi, the greatest player ever, finally getting his crowning achievement, age 35. And the host is like, and we're moving over to FS1. Uh, because the NFL's coming, and I'm like, nothing more American than that. The greatest moment <laughs> in global sports, and we're like, Chiefs-Texans takes precedence. We're kicking this over to cable. Like, <laughs> welcome to America. Um, so dun, awesome. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you got to get Cletus the robot out there. Do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> Oh man. Uh, <laughs> Jay Glazer's like, football is in, soccer is out. Oh. <laughs> uh, all right, before and that's your inactive report list for today. <laughs> before my you like that five picks of the week, one quick note here. So going into the pod, I was like, okay, this is done and dusted, but it looks like there may be a, a wrench here at the last minute. So Carlos Correa, 13 years, $350 million to the Giants. I was going to talk about how much we love having guys to boo and having like a guy that I already hate move to my most hated team in all of sports, the Giants, and I was going to be like, you know how valuable it is to like have that guy that you hate, especially as we get older and we're not kids and we're not like, you know, we don't have this like pantomime villain hatred of A-Rod and Jeter like we did when we were kids and, you know, certain guys that we just hate their guts. It's like, oh, Correa to the Giants just feels right because I get to hate this guy for 13 years. But it looks like something came up in his physical and the deal might be off. So that's kind of out the door. But you yeah, understand. Yeah, I heard that. I don't know how that works. Like, I mean, I guess... I mean, I guess they all have to take a physical, but wouldn't you have done the physical? Before? I mean, I know they don't. It's a stupid thing to say, but 
just like yeah how does that happen it's kind of like odd what happened yeah must have exactly. been like something in his elbow or something but that'll come out did shortly. they say what it was no they just it was literally like an hour before the introductory press conference they sent out a like a one sentence thing like press conference canceled and i was like that leads me to believe that they found something that they're like the deal is off so. <laughs> they saw his age he's 42 oh <laughs> <sighs> uh. Yeah, I was. I mean, you understand better than anybody with like your hatred of certain guys like Russell Wilson when he was on the Seahawks and whatnot. How valuable it is. There's nothing they could fan. do. I was I was laughing so hard because because uh, um, I kind of my my dad will say like, "Oh, that guy's such a dick," and there's some people like I'm like, you just say like you literally just say that because like he's <laughs> he, on the other team or whatever. Like he's I mean, some of these people I'll be like, he's actually kind of a nice guy. He's like, you know whatever and and uh, i remember last year watching the rams and uh i think cup won the offensive player of the year did he mm-hmm. yes and then whitworth won the uh, man of the year and we were watching the uh, like honors thing at the time there was like nothing on and uh they were watching their award acceptances and, and then cooper cups like i'd love to thank god and my wife and kids and i just love my teammates and i just love you know fighting the good fight every day to be the best person I am and love everybody and play good football. And, and then we'd be like, what a dick. <laughs> <laughs> like, can you believe this guy? What an ass. Yeah. What a clown. And Whit- Whitworth would be like, Oh, I just want to set up funds for kids and schools and give them bikes. And, you know, I just wake up every day looking to help people. And everyone's like man of the year. And we were like, what an ass. Could they have given it to a worse guy? <laughs> and it's like, we're laughing because we're like obviously not serious like yeah great people and and it's just like that's just like the great thing about sports you wear the you wear the jersey the other team like oh you just suck (laughs) like if you flipped like if you flipped every single player on the vikings and made them packers and made aaron Rodgers the quarterback of the viking like flip team like just flip uniforms Mm mm-hmm You'd be like, this is really weird. But I'd be like, I'm, I'm now. You'd be like, a... you'd be like, you'd be like, this is really weird, but discount double check. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, all of a sudden, I have this urge to not get the vaccine, even though I've already had my boosters. You're just, you're just like, I love Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, we gotta get the ball to Alan. You know Lazard. what? I you're like, you're like, you know what? Jordy Nelson's the greatest white guy ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck Adam Thielen. It's all about Jordy <laughs> Nelson. Yeah. Uh, you know crazy. what? I love cheese. <laughs> uh, it's crazy what sports makes you do, man. But I hope the Korea contract. I want to get through. married at Lambo. <laughs> Absolutely not. I will never <laughs> take it that far. All right, let's head over to the you like that five picks of the week. Uh, we're coming off a three one and one week last week. We had the Niners minus three and a half. They won against Seattle uh, and covered. We lost with Baltimore in just an awful game against Cleveland on Saturday. And then we won with Pittsburgh, uh, the Chargers, and the Bengals. So that brings us to 23-14-3 through Week 15. We just keep this train a-rolling, man. Like, we cannot be stopped. Famous last words, but I feel really good about this week's picks as well. Um, Let's start with uh, the first pick. So we always go in chronological order with, in this case, it's uh, three games on or four games on Saturday and then one on Sunday. So I'm not saying one of these is my number one pick and one of them is my number five. There was some confusion on 
TikTok and Twitter the other day as to like, do I like any of these more than other ones? It's like, no, these are the five picks and I'm just putting them in order of when the games happen. So we'll start with Houston plus seven. You think Houston might win the game outright. We both like Houston in this spot. They're at Tennessee who is reeling and there's rumors that uh, Tannehill may not play. So we really like that one. Uh, Then my pick, this one is like solely me going out on a limb because you're a big Joey B guy, but I like New England plus four. Belichick's not going to be embarrassed again two weeks in a row. Um, I think it's a kitchen game, uh, kitchen sink game for him. And famously, he's on to Cincinnati. Uh, (laughs) Pick number three, we're going Philly plus five and a half. And another one that you like, right, as like an outright, you think Philly's going to go in there and win the game. So we'll, yeah, we'll take the five and a half there. Absolutely. And then, uh. My picks, I like the Raiders plus three. Like I said, Waller back on the Raiders. Completely different team, completely different offense. Um, I like them in that game plus three at the Steelers, who, they, like you said, they just can't move the ball. And then I, try, I looked at a bunch of different games for number five. I'm going to go with the Rams plus two at home <laughs> against – What De- a terrible game. I know. What it's a like, terrible game. This was their That's marquee a Nance and game. Romo, too. Yeah. They're like, this is going to be a big one. It's uh, Denver at the Rams, and I'm taking the Rams plus two. Denver's offense giving two points to anyone on the road is nuts, whether it's Rippon or Wilson. So I also I think the coaching know, mismatch know, is huge. I don't even know the game that the NBA is putting on. It could be Lakers and Boston. It could be the Warriors and whoever. That game probably still like triples the NBA at least. Which is nuts because like this is Cause this one is of a the worst. Shit game. I mean. They're both four and ten, I believe. I mean, that is an awful game. It's still going to do great ratings, but I'll take the Rams plus two in that spot just because McVeigh against Hackett getting two points. I feel like that's a slam dunk, even though that's my pick I'm least confident about. But we're going in that direction just because of the coaching uh, mismatch. So here we go. Here's the you like that five picks of the week for week 16. We're 23, 14, and three through week 15. Went three, one, and one last week. Let's keep it rolling. We're going with Houston plus seven at Tennessee. New England plus four at home against Cincinnati. Philadelphia plus five and a half on the road at Dallas without Jalen Hurts, but we're going for it. And then uh, the Raiders plus three on the road at Pittsburgh with Darren Waller back. And the Rams plus two at home against the Nathaniel Hackett inept Denver Broncos. Joey, it's time for your feels great, baby. Your wildest take you feel best about at the moment. And you got a little bit of a doozy here going against the conventional wisdom. Yeah. I, my wildest take, my feels great, baby take is I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to lose in the wildcard round to whoever. I'm not even going to say Tampa. Whoever wins that shit division the nfc south i think they're gonna lose in the first round to wow tampa or carol i think carolina is probably the team the most i'm confident win that game or win the division but dallas oh boy they give up they give up 500 yards to the jaguars and i know the jaguars have some talent and trevor's seems like he's figured it out but like, Micah Parsons went on Von Miller's thing and was, like, talking about Jalen Hurts for reasons I don't understand why. Like, you're not playing the Eagles. Like, and if you were, like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll tell you this. Nick Bosa's defense would not give up 500 yards to the Jaguars. And, <laughs> and people like to talk about Micah Parsons. Like, 
Come Par- on. Parsons was looking at a shoe-in defensive player of the year and possible MVP votes. And with not a lot that he's done on the field, but mostly stuff he's done off the field in the last, like, three or four weeks. That dude is – he's kind of screwed up his season. I mean, they have they have major injury concerns. They lost their second corner. I think Anthony Brown is his name. And the guy they put in was just getting – he was the guy covering Zay Jones who was torching him. Um <laughs> And they lost Leighton Vanderesh, Mister uh, Neckplate, uh, and uh, the, he he was their best. I mean, people like to say Parsons, but he was their best run defender. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're they're losing. They lost their right tackle. Um, Dak continues to throw picks. Uh, he, I have no faith in him. I people he was he was a fourth round pick for a reason. Um, he hasn't. He hasn't done. He's in his seventh he, season, and you're like, ah, jury's still out. Like he, like he, he's got to be one of the most overpaid guys in the league. I mean, forty million because he's a seems like a nice guy. Can't do it. <laughs> Can't do it. Um, yeah, I, I think Dallas better. I could, I could eat my words, and they could win, and somehow they play the Niners in the playoffs, but. And beat us, but I just don't see. I don't see. I don't see that happening. Yeah, I, I, I. It's a little bit shocking because if it is Carolina or the Saints, uh, I feel like they'll be pretty huge favorites. If it's Tampa Bay, they'll be large favorites, but not anywhere as big. But like, man, it could be another case. I believe Carolina went seven, eight, and one a few years ago with Cam Newton and won a playoff game against the five seed as the four seed. So. People underestimate how much that home field advantage is worth in the playoffs. So everybody's kind of There's penciling good, like, in like Dallas. Dallas is going to make the playoffs as a fifth seed, play by far the worst team in the entire playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like all of the all of the pressure is on them. Like thirty yes. years of pressure is on them to win that game. Like if if they play Tampa and say say Dak goes three and out. And then Brady goes drives drives the boys down for a touchdown. Like butts are gonna get really freaking tight. <laughs> like that's just the Hawker way, like, factor is high. Like 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 it's gonna get early. It's gonna get late real early. Like you know, it just it just is. Jerry's freaking wandering eyes are gonna yeah come down to oh, the field. Like what are we doing, boys? Like Mike McCarthy. Them. Like <laughs> you know, I I just so oh, it, it's. I think I mean I guess all the I think all the other three are five and nine. I guess they're all one back. I don't know why I think Carolina's the one that is like closer, but Atlanta's off. Um, yeah, I I don't I don't consider that I would say the Saints probably pose the greatest threat to Tampa at the moment. You think it's Carolina, but just because of their schedule, but the Saints probably should have beat the Bucks twice, so they didn't because they're chokers, but I mean, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> the Saints seem like a, a better team than the other two. But whoever it is, they're going to be at home, and you're right, the pressure's all going to be on Dallas, probably as a seven or more point favorite in that game. So, not a crazy take. I think when we roll around to that time where they're the five and whoever's the four, I mean, we got to remember that. And maybe put that as one of our pick, picks of the if week. Dallas we get finishes there. like a, like twelve and five and plays. Like a seven and ten, yeah. Se- like, 
I think I honestly think they'd rather play a team like Philly or Niners or somebody because like at least it'd be like yeah we got no as, as a fan of as a fan of teams that just perennially just let you down um, like the Sharks do like you just would rather play somebody that like you already think in your head like if we lose like it won't be that bad <laughs> like Dallas is like well if we lose to Tampa this is going to be really bad and people are going to get fired. But if you lose to Philly, you're like, oh, they're a juggernaut. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's a loser mentality, which is why you know I'm behind a mic and not playing in any <laughs> athletic event ever. Um, but yeah, if I was Dallas, I would. Well, I'm not gonna say I'd rather lose to get the six seed, but that's stupid. But yeah, yeah, no, no, they gotta stick with the five. Maybe get a home playoff game in the. Third round, no way that's going to happen. But actually, they could even get it in the second round if both the Vikings and Niners lost. So you, they got to keep trying to win. And well, if that happens, this podcast is canceled. Yeah, it, oof, that would hurt. The, the great uh, Cowboys, Giants, and uh, Washington, Philly, entire NFC East second round of the playoffs. NBC's wet dream. Oh, that They would be, love the <laughs> NFC East. That would be a nightmare. All right, man, let's close the pod. Uh, holidays are coming up. We're going to skip the pod next week as, uh, you know, week 16 falls on Christmas. So, uh, we'll be back for the week 17, uh, recap pod going into week 18, right around new year's day. Uh, so we'll see you then, but, uh, anything coming up for you this week, you want to bring up you hanging out with the, the folks this, uh, Christmas or with, uh, Kayla's folks. Uh, it'll be her, um, cousin's family here in Brentwood at their um, place. Everyone's going to go there, uh, including her parents. Um, I think her parents might be um, coming to our place after spending the night because I know we're spending Christmas Day with them. Nice. Um, uh, yeah, it'll be a whole lot of food, a whole lot of um, games and fun. and um, Yeah, no, yeah. it's it's a good time. I'm glad that I uh, my upper body injury will be good by then. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, we're doing Christmas. Uh, we did Thanksgiving in Colorado Springs, so we're doing Christmas in uh, the Bay Area with my folks. So a uh, lot of football to be watched, but I'm going to try to keep it to a minimum uh, with uh, to try to spare m- my wife and my mom from just more constant football all weekend. Maybe we'll watch the Vikings game, but try to keep, I, I don't think that, well, the, you know uh, what you guys could do. You guys could watch the new, the rerun of a uh, Christmas story. It's the one where they replace the red rider BB gun with the uh, Glock Purdy. Did you see that? Oh one? my God. <laughs> oh God, help us all. <laughs> oh, the Glock Purdy. Yeah. Little Ralphie Parker. All he wants for Christmas <laughs> is a Glock Purdy. Uh, and Santa's like, no, you're getting Trey Lance and kicks him down the, <laughs> oh my god as with everything else on this podcast it always goes back to big cock brock uh, oh. welcome to the nfl oh speaking of that speaking of that it's a fantasy playoffs in the yeah the you changed your team name in every yeah, league i did I, I got i forgot i gotta change one or two of them to glock birdie um <laughs> but uh I'm uh, since we're going to their house. I'm playing Jake in the first round. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm playing uh, Savage X. Who is that? His dad. Okay. Yeah. Let him know. I'm bringing the dude. Heat this my week. team. My team is in the tank. 
My team is so in the tank. You were in, unstoppable at the beginning of the year, and now it's in big trouble. I've lost. I lost Cup, and then I lost Pitts, and I've lost Debo, and uh, the players I've replaced them with have just kind of fallen off. Jalen Waddle actually had a pretty good day in the snow, but until the last couple weeks before that, he was crap. Um. Yeah, your yeah, policy like, every year in fantasy football is to always draft the guys with most swag. You like always draft like just pure talent. You never draft like oh this guy's I, one solid of the best production. picks. One of the best picks I made this year was DeAndre Hopkins. I took him pretty early, even though he was suspended. Mm-hmm. But now it doesn't look good because uh, Colt McCoy is hurt now too, and he might have Trace McSorley. So. Yeah. By the way, Tampa Bay six and a half point favorites at Arizona on that's Christmas another night. that's another crap game. Yeah, awful game, and I was surprised how big the line is. They're like, obviously Trace McSorley is not Brock Purdy, so yeah. Trace know. McSorley <laughs> is every time I see him, he throws a couple of picks. I'm like, this guy's like the next Nathan Peterman. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I mean for Tampa who. Let's just say it. They suck. They flat out suck. For them to be almost a seven-point favorite on the road, that's pretty crazy. But, yeah, we'll try. I think the, the Christmas Day games are all so awful, I will be able to avoid all of those without any problem, like the Denver Rams the best game. One, the, the best one's the morning one, Packers-Miami. Which is, I mean, it's fine. I mean, neither of those teams are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Packers aren't even making the playoffs. Like, it's fine, but, man, what are you those gonna other do? two. What are you going to do, watch a Yule Log? Oh, you know, I actually do like the Yule Log. <laughs> you flip over that. Every time the, the guy with the Santa Do you like the one on, with the music or, yeah. like, the person? No, the music, and then Santa comes in with his poker and stokes the fire. Oh. And you're just like, oh, yeah, this is great stuff. You know, yeah. you hear, you hear uh, Elvis singing Silver Bells, and you're like, yeah, this is what it's all about. Flip over maybe next one. Log. I was saying maybe next one because we're probably pretty long on this one, but do our top five Christmas movies. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, it is. this is our final episode before the new year, so I'm just going to have to rattle them off the top of my head if we want to crank that out in five minutes. Christmas story number one for me, I no would, doubt. I agree with that. I agree yeah. with that. Uh, the original. The original. The Glock yeah. Purdy one's still in progress, but <laughs> the original's best. I like Elf. I probably put Elf 2. Yeah, Elf's really good. Uh, the Rudolph one, the classic, the like sixties Rudolph one with the abominable snowman and whatever, that would probably be number three. I watched that one a ton as a kid. Uh, home alone. Uh, is it two? You want a hot take? Yeah. You want a really hot take? Oh God. I've never seen home alone. No. How? Like any of them. Jamie gives me shit because there's like all these movies that I've never seen because all I did was watch sports and Nickelodeon. That's, as I'm a the kid. same person. Yeah, she gives. She's like, how have you never seen Freaky Friday? How have you never? Oh, I've seen, seen that movie. That was a great movie. Yeah, I'm like how have you never seen what was the other one? Mean Girls or whatever. I'm like because I was watching football and Sports Center. Like I didn't watch it. But like, how have you missed Home Alone and Home Alone Two? Lost in New York. Come on. No. Okay. Well, that's assignment viewing for you over the next week i'm sure it'll be on like i've seen it on the tv and like parts of it but i couldn't tell you like i've never ever sat down and watched it or like watched it start to finish or have to like i don't even know the premise of the movie i guess he's home alone i guess is that the premise (laughs) and various hijinks ensue from there yeah (laughs) no you definitely got to watch that one and then i guess to round out my top five this is always a debate as to whether die hard is a christmas movie or not i've also never seen those oh my god I always forget, like, you live under a rock. Like, if it's... If it I really do. If it doesn't have Brock Purdy or Eric Carlson in it, you're not watching it. Uh, uh, 
I, my my list is somewhat. I I would still yeah. Christmas story number one. It's the um, goat. I pro I do love Christmas Vacation. Okay, yeah, we just went to dinner and there was a, a theater in L.A. that was showing that on the big screen. And I was like, damn, we should do that. I love Christmas I, Vacation. I'd probably have that number two. <sighs> Elf probably three. No, see, I don't know. This is where the the ones that I have that are different than yours. I don't know where it probably is number four. I like the Grinch. I freaking love Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh yeah, that's a good one. I like I probably like the original Grinch Who Stole Christmas one. Not the Jim Carrey one, the animated one. I used to love that one as a kid. That's still if that's on, I'll flip that and on. And the one that is probably really off, but I don't know why we watched it when I was a kid and I loved it was freaking Arnold and Jingle All the Way with Turbo Man. <laughs> Oh my god, dude! I <laughs> loved that movie. Oh my god, that is it's Turbo Man. <laughs> oh man, you're my I... number one. You're my number one customer. <laughs> you're my number one customer. <laughs> oh my god, I had not thought of that movie in years. I probably oh, only we had seen it, on VHS. it once. We had it out on VHS. Oh, oh, it was all time classic. Yeah, that's not in my top five, but I had. I had completely forgotten about. Now I got to watch it again. Oh but man! Yeah, Elf, Elf, yeah, Elf, Christmas Story, Christmas Vacation, Jingle All the Way, and Charlie Brown. Probably my top five. All right, there it is, folks. Your five best Christmas movies. Uh, our rankings on those. Yeah, so, but hot take is I've never seen All the Land. Well, that's assignment viewing for you. I'll watch Jingle. I've all seen the All way. the Land before times, but it's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> oh. Slightly off topic there. (laughs) (laughs) So the holiday's coming up. uh, Christmas next Sunday. Full slate of NFL games. We will not be uh, there to recap those and preview the next week. But we'll be back to recap week 17. Look into week 18. Hopefully by then the Vikings have wrapped up the number two seed. And the Niners are just playing for popcorn. So uh, when we get to that point, uh, we'll give you the recap. But uh, until then... Uh, I'm Eric Stenholm, uh, along with my co-host Joey Moore. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and we'll see you in the new year.